it is not about us. It is about why are you here? I don't believe that we're here to consume and move through life just to get to some idea of retirement. It is about how do you create an impact? You have to discover that you are just as capable as Da Vinci, as Walter Russell. Walter Russell said, mediocrity is self-inflicted. Genius is self-bestowed. And I think that so many of us right now are dumbing ourselves down with with, with, where we are consuming every single day. I beg of all of us, read a book that's going to lift you up a little bit higher. Watch a programming that's going to do that a little bit. Because remember, everything carries information. And we are the ones that we have been waiting for. Hey, it's Emily here. You know that uniqueness you have? I call it the it factor. We all have it, but some of us either really need to identify it or start to empower it. This show is all about giving you the lessons, tools, and principles I've learned after building a nine-figure sales organization, training leaders around the globe, and working alongside of some of the most influential people in this world. So now it's time to de-plug from your outside world and plug into your new world here. Let's dive in. How many of you would love to have more peace in your life? How about a little bit more healing, if anyone's willing to go there? How about a little more purpose? Anybody want more purpose in their life? Anybody want to feel like you're not overwhelmed at times? Does anyone feel spiraling at times? Well, the woman you're going to hear from today on this show has gone to work on herself. And she is a dear friend that I met in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And three years ago, she called me and said, my heart is stirring. God is stirring me up. I need to go to work. And I'm going to write a book. And this woman... I have deep respect for. She is not only one of the most sought after life coaches, she is a regular on the news here in Minneapolis. She's transformed so many lives, but she's had her own battles. You see, she grew up in the war in Bosnia. She had a horrific upbringing, and she'll share a little bit of that with us today, but she's also battled many miscarriages, and she's fought through it all. And she's been on a journey just like all of us. And now she has two beautiful boys and a loving, amazing husband. And this, my friends, is my deep friend that we get to connect with today, Yasna Berza. Please stand on your feet, welcome her. I'm so proud of you. Give it up. This book you're holding is... I love you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. We're here. Oh, thank you all so much for being here. 
So tell us all, what made you write Healer in Heels? In March of 2020, when the pandemic hit and the world seemed to fall apart, people would call me and they were really losing their cool. And for whatever reason, I felt so deeply grounded. And you and I have talked about this. I'm like, I just don't understand what's the big deal. And they're like, it's the global pandemic, Yasna. That's what the big deal is. But I just kept being called to speak on TV, on, mag on magazines, on conferences to bring a sense of peacefulness. And I really thought about this long and hard because it, I was affected. I lost all my corporate contracts, income, all income overnight. My husband lost his job. So we were entrepreneurs, a household with no income. So joyful, isn't it? <laughs> in the midst of the most uncertainty we have had in such a long time. And still, I felt so grounded, so peaceful. So we did the best thing we could possibly do. We packed up our kids and we went to Boundary Waters and camped for three months. Oh, so cool. And I kept writing. And I felt like I have had a lifetime of work because I really believe that things that we experience harden us, they mold us, they help us to um, fulfill our purpose, become the best version mm -hmm. of ourselves. And really, when I say sometimes I will read parts of the book, I'm like, who wrote this? Not, not yeah. I. <laughs> <laughs> it felt, it felt um, like I was channeling. It felt yeah. a, a true download of inspiration. And the book was written in the early mornings, sometimes on the canoes, sometimes in the middle of the forest. Um, but it was really, it was a, a thing that needed to come through. Mm. I'm so glad you wrote it. It's so good. And... Not only are you going to love the chapters and what you learn, but I love that you have activities in the book. So you actually read and then you do, which is for me, I'm like, this is this is so good. Like forest bathing, right? Can we talk All the things. All the things like the mirror exercise. All of it. Can well, you expand it, on that a little bit? Yeah, well, it's uh, this is what I think of self-help. We live in a world of self-help. Emily and I are in the world of self-help. We have been in, the, in that world for over a decade. Yeah. Very often it feels like a really beautiful shower, but then I get really sweaty the next day. It doesn't stick, right? <laughs> or, or it feels like I'm constantly delegating my power out to others and I'm constantly improving. There's always the next thing to, to work on. So... The exercises are there because they work. Mm -hmm. They work not because they work for me. They work for thousands of people. Historically, they have worked for millions of people in the ancient civilizations for mystics throughout millennia, right? Mm -hmm. And also, really important to me, they're all science-tested. So there's an incredible research behind forest baiting. It's like, oh, it feels so good to frolic in the woods. It's actually so much more than that. We now know that our entire physiology changes when we walk in the woods. Mm. Not just physically what happens, but there's the, the um, changes in our, in our thinking, in the, the way our neurons are um, uh, firing, the ways that, um, that our soul is nourished. And the way the research is talking about the connectiveness of trees alone and how if they're communicating 
how can we assume that they, were, they don't know that we're there, they're not communicating with us in that field? So then I go back into quantum physics and say, well, let's back that up and let's really explain why that is so. Because I feel like in the world of personal development, there's so much empty... Band-aids. Just manifest band-aids. Yeah. And well, people this don't is, fully understand well, This it. is what drives me, you know, BS crazy, right? Like, it's just like, I feel like it's a lot of band-aid talk. And if we don't, as my fiance calls it, stir the hurt, like we have to look at what's really going on because otherwise we just mask it and we just keep going. And I think for a lot of us, including me, like, until the pandemic, it was like, just keep going, just be busier, just, you know, and we don't actually look at what's actually causing us pain and those repeated cycles. And what I love um, in the book you share, you're on this quest for healing. Can you expand on that? Like, what did that look like for you? How did you heal? And then you, you really came in to the agreement that you can heal yourself. Sure. Well, I think it started, first of all, the concept of healer and heels. By the way, lots of amazing heels here tonight. Yeah. Please take pictures and tag me because <sighs> I'm having all the feels. I know, so good. Um, we are the ones that we have been waiting for. And I felt like from when I came into this country, I was um, a refugee and uh, talk about the war trauma and I did not have a happy childhood. So I came with like a, any mental health disturbance and that you can think of that child should never had. So I went through this process and like, I'm not okay, but I'm going to find my way. And I kept doing that even through the, the nine miscarriages that I've had. I'm like, okay, God is like, a three is not enough. Let's do five. How about seven? Because I think that that was the thing I think that broke me the most because it was the one thing that I was supposed to do as a woman and it was the thing that I wanted the most mm -hmm. and I just couldn't have it. So I'm like, after the six mix miscarriage, I'm like, I really am going to put everything away and I'm going to double down on me. So I went to work. For six months, no one saw me. I got every book from the library and I just read all of it voraciously. And I think implementing these things, especially looking at the science at the things proven that have been working mm -hmm. for millennia for people mm -hmm. that we don't have to reinvent. And so throughout all of this, every time I picked up a good book, I was healing. Every time I came to a gathering like this, I was healing. Mm -hmm. Every time I had a good cry, I was healing. That's right. So it's not this one pivotal moment where the skies open up. It's along the way we all do it. But it's not an easy path, and we have to do the work, which is why the exercise is in the book. We can watch Spartans on TV and, you know, all we want, but we're now never going to get those bodies unless we actually put in the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so true. So well said. I love in the book, you talk a lot about the home that you've created for yourself, which is so beautiful. And I, I really, as I was reading it, I'm like, people really need to understand that no matter what happens at work, no matter what happens, if you know, if you're a teacher, if you're a nurse, no matter what happens in the outside world, you can come home and create this sacred space where you can come back into your energy into love into all the feelings that we so desire to feel can you expand on that and can you also share the prayer that the family says and i just love all this i think it's so amazing yes 
So uh, what Emily is referring to is this concept that um, all spaces are living spaces. There is no such a thing as an empty space. Our homes, places of worship, our places of work, they carry information. So this is a little bit sciencey, but the, what I love about this is that I wrote it so my 10-year-olds could understand it. Quantum physics, yes, no, not interested. Well, you're going to be interested when you read this because it, it, you can apply to your everyday life. So in terms of thermodynamics, we can actually feel the energy in every room that we walk, to, walk in. Have you ever walked into a room and had goosebumps like something's bad here, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you're not crazy. You're feeling that energy. So that energy in space is being imprinted. And for me, it really comes from um, living during the war. My father was in a concentration camp. War, full war is raging, raging on. We now are back home from a refugee camp. We still don't know where our dad is. So there's, we're still in humanitarian aid. But my mom, every Saturday morning, would wake us up, and she would blast music, and she's like, we're all cleaning. And we're like, what the hell? It's war. Like, <laughs> right. What's wrong with you? And what she taught me was that there was, she had dominion over one thing. She was mm. fearing for the life of her children. She didn't know if she was going to be raped the next day because soldiers were coming into homes and just doing whatever the hell they wanted. And she didn't know where her husband was. So we were all in this existential threat, but she always had crisp, crisp white sheets. I know it's ridiculous, but when she would go into those sheets, she, we would have like horrible days, sometimes no food to eat. And she's like, doesn't that feel, isn't that the best? We're like queens and kings. Oh. So it was this incredible thing that it, the act of washing the sheets and pressing them with the iron and putting that love and creating that space changed the energy of our home. My mom made sure that we were not screwed up. And wow. that is the power a woman or a man has in a household that, that we all have. Right? Yeah. Ooh. So all of the spaces matter. The energy matters. So my mom is insane about cleaning and having everything because it, it creates energy. And in the book, I talk about something called negentropy, which is mm -hmm. order. And when that order in our spaces is reflected in our everyday lives. So if you're having a um, horrific day at work and you come home and you're full on entropy, you're coming into, you know, chaos, lifts, you're going, that's just going to be inflamed even more. Right. And then you become a tornado raping everything on your path. Mm. But if you have a set of clean sheets, you can have the shittiest day ever. Mm -hmm. And you can come home and say, oh, this feels good. Yeah. This is oh. good. There's one thing to be grateful for. Absolutely. So what we do in our spaces oh. is I bless my food. You and I both yes. do. We bless the mm. objects in our house. And we have signs all over our house that I believe that that intention carries and imprints the, the information. So in our, in our living room, we have a sign that, you know, please be responsible for the energy that you bring into this room. Ooh, who wants that sign? 
Well, there's a, there's a sign in the book. You can all download it. I created the posters. Okay, you can you all download and have. And I said, you know, if if we're all here responsible, everyone who comes into this home is blessed and guided by by the great unseen. Mm. We love you, Adi, Yasna, Mama, and Adi, uh, Aidan and Adi. So that is kind of our intention for everyone who comes into our home. And I just believe, I really believe, if there's ever anything. One thing that someone can take from this book is this power of creating an oasis within our own dominion. One room. Mama's out there where there's like toys and crap everywhere. Find a room, a closet yeah. that's yours. And that's a coherence closet. Yeah. Ooh. A sacred space. A sacred space. That's that's the prayer room. That's that's where it goes down. And I I love this so much because no matter what is happening in your world. You can go to that room, close the door, put on some heart music. Put I love like all the you know, it's frequency. All everything we're talking about is frequency, right? And going in there and cry if you have to cry, pray if you want to pray. Like that is your healing spot. And it's like we don't. It's so funny. I was talking to a friend and it was like this is like the 900th therapist she's going to. And I love therapy. I'm I'm a huge advocate of it and all the things. But I was like, have you tried like and have you tried she she keeps wanting to just venmo her way to the you know what i mean like who you know like what what what's the next escapism and and i've done that too right i've been so guilty and sometimes it's like and you say this like the answers are in us we just have to listen and be willing to go there to that dark place I think one of the most dangerous things that I see out there after being in this industry for 14 years is prolific prolification of growth and self-help and our willingness to delegate our power to others. I seek out coaches and healers, everyone that, who will help me on my path. But at some point, you, ha you have to understand that you are it. You are the one that you have been waiting for. And I think if we remove the noise, the whole concept of coherence, right? And incoherence. Mm -hmm. If we remove the noise of the world that brings in information that we're bombarded with, yeah. whether we like it or not, there is no escaping it. It has to be a conscious choice to hit the pause button mm -hmm. and say, okay, instead of delegating my power out to others who deem, who annoyed themselves as worthy, I'm going to take one step today. I'm just going to say a prayer. Yeah. Let me open Healer and Heals and use the prayer that Emily says yeah. when she starts yeah. her day. Because yeah. that's in the book. Emily prays every single day, multiple times a day. It's actually proven by science that it works. Mm -hmm. We can call it foo-foo, right? Yeah. And prayer is for those who are atheists and those deeply devout oh, yeah. and religious, because prayer is not about some deity out there. It's about what it does to us when we pray. It mm -hmm. changes us physiologically, mentally, spiritually, mm -hmm. and alleviates everything. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like just lifts this dark cloud. Absolutely. And, you know, for anybody listening to this or we have a live audience here in Minneapolis. So anybody, anybody an achiever in the room or listening, like this is the last thing we want to do because we feel like it's a waste of time. It's like I'm not ticking something off. I need to do this. I need to do that. When in reality, it's like if you slow down to speed up 
and you ask, you ask God for answers. It's so much better. Trust me on this. Because again, I was on that cycle of like, do, 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 do. And it felt weird when I started to change my practice. So I stopped being on social all the time, but I started hiring some of it out or I just don't go on social some days or I go on, then I get off, right? And then we have a practice and my partner is really good at this. He He's crazy about it, like no phones, you know, morning routine, meditation, we're talking to God, we're receiving, we're asking. It's a whole deal. But I will tell you that it took me a long time to not feel like I was wasting my time. I'm just admitting this to you. But once it got ingrained in me, it's like I, I crave it. I crave that peace. And I feel like I've opened up a whole different pathway that I just didn't have for years. And it's the connection to God. And so I want to encourage all of you, if you feel that way, that's how I felt for so long. And I feel like you've been so good at this. You get up at what time in the morning? 4 a.m., baby. What the heck? <laughs> she watches the sunrise and all the things. Whoa. I mean, it's, that's amazing. Well, it's a practice. Yeah. It's a practice. And I think that I don't want to wake up at 4 a.m. I mean, who does, right? No one does. But it is the only time when I'm alone. Yeah. And what happens in at 4 a.m., my husband makes me coffee, gives me a kiss, and he's off to work wow. because he's an early bird, yeah. too. It's an incredible time to commune with something in the air. There's no cars, sound of cars. There's no noise. There's no TV. No one's calling me at 4 a.m. It is a holy hour. So it is a practice. You don't have to wake up at 4, but maybe you wake up, if you normally wake up at 7 and rush, yeah. wake up at 6.45. And have that time. And have that time. And, yeah. and going back to, there's a practice in the book called 80-20. Yes, I, ooh, ooh, I'm so obsessed. <laughs> okay. No, this was like the, I was, I was like, yes. Okay, can we please talk all about 80-20? Well, I had, just like you, I really struggled. So I'm an immigrant and I have this thing that, 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 that I always say, I will outwork anyone. Yeah. Like if you ever need anything treadmill. done, call me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I, I do believe in hard work and nothing is below me. I will scrub floors. Yeah. I will, so I'll do all of it. Yeah. And I'll do it faster than others. Ooh. <laughs> Just saying, one of one of those. It's like yeah, when, you know, yeah. when you, I had to. Yeah, well, majority I'll run circles of, around people. Right in LA, it's like you get have to. Minnesota work ethic. That's okay. it. And I think that I felt like every time I was like not working, I really loved trees. So even when I was little, I would get lost on the on a hill near my house with Linda, my dog, and I was among the trees. Like I was always called to the trees. And I felt like, okay, I'm here. I have very limited time to work. I can't be frolicking in the trees. I need to make money. And uh -huh. I felt like every time I'm hugging trees or going through a forest, then I'm really missing out. Or I should be catching up to Emily. Yeah. All joking aside, yeah. there was this pressure. And I said, what if I think that every time I'm in the forest, I'm making money? Oh. We're just, I'm going to try it for a week. So I did. And what happened was absolutely incredible. I would go and dedicate my time to actually be in the forest and do all of those things that brought, brought me grounding and resonance and joy. Prayer, candles, dancing with my kids, going in the forest, the morning sun. 
And then all of a sudden, money started just coming in and wasn't even working. I'm like, well, this really works. This is a law manifestation at its best. But what was really happening is they were entering the frequency, the resonance. There was no pressure. There was no hustle. There was no striving. Yeah, because it feels forced. And it feel, when it feels forced, it feels awful, right? You ever tried to like date someone and you're forced? It's awful, right? Thank God that's over. Okay, but it, it's, it's the worst. And when you're striving, that's how it feels. And for my power of females that want to be more in your feminine, this is how you get more in your feminine as well. Okay, carry on. Yeah, 80, 20. and 80-20 is not an exact representation of time. It's not like I'm in the forest 80% of my life okay. frolicking. Like that's just like, like okay, wrong girl. representation. I but I think it's an energetic focus. Yeah. That comes first. The big stones first. And then I do everything else. And Emily, when I do, you and I have talked about this so many times. My husband knows that I'm nicer. My kids know that I'm nicer. Everything flows more effortlessly. And then, yes, as a result, everything works out because I'm aligned and I'm in resonance with that which I want to attract. And there's a, I'm just going to end with this. There's a beautiful quote by Rumi, that that you're seeking is seeking you. Mm. And for years, I was like, well, what does that mean? It's like, I like to say it. But what does that really mean? Well, quantum physics explains it. It's the law of resonance. It's not a law of attraction. It's a law of resonance. You have to be in resonance with the thing you want to have. Peace, love, whatever that is. So when you align yourself, it, it, it is effortless. And just, I want to be very clear. I don't have this perfected. I still lose my cool. I still sleep in. I still <sighs> swear. I do all of those things. So I am not a guru or a teacher. I'm a fellow traveler who has done extensive research and tried every one of these things. Mm, so good. Oof. Okay. You're not perfect though. So you have to practice this daily. Yes. Yeah. It's a practice. So when you talk about, you know, how to raise your res resonance, mm -hmm. your frequency, you talked a lot about physical activity, meditation, music, um, recontextualization. What is that? Recontextualization is this aspect that my mom taught me. It's actually a spiritual tool, um, but it is uh, invoking something called the observer effect in quantum physics. Who knows about observer effect? We now know that um, if we look at the particles and the mere act of observation changes their behavior. Let me say that again. So everything in here, this empty space, Emily and I, this chair, everything in the world, it's made up of atoms. If we go down and we break those things, we go to the, the tiniest um, uh, particle that we know, Higgs boson, that was discovered in 2012 and won the Nobel Prize in, in physics, we now know that that's the, it, it simply our mere observation mm. changes its behavior. And this is very confusing for the physicists yeah. because there are rules and there are laws. And they're like, this is crazy. Human consciousness observing something changes behavior. So I think the recontextualization is what my mom did. Here is, we live in a hellhole. We don't know if we will survive, but we have clean sheets. That's recontextualization. Mm. You know, we don't have a lot of food, but look, I made this toast and I split it into six pieces. Now we have the cutest little toast that we yeah. will ever have. That's 
looking at the world as if it's working for you, not against you. You shift that energy. So fear, frustration, anger resonate and calibrate very low. This can be tested through kinesiology, can be tested through a variety of the things that, that physicists are working on and have been working on for, for decades. Pay attention to the space because it's coming up with some absolutely mind-blowing research that I think really does matter. And um, if, we, if we just let go, the first step is just completely let go. So whether it's dance, whether it's go work out or do yoga or meditate, there is no one prescription. It's not like, you know, Erin, you have to meditate. There's no such thing. She's like, yeah. no, girl, that's not for me right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Do what you can, dance it out, shake mm-hmm. it off, and then you will enter the higher frequency, mm. which is the law. And, yeah. and when you do that, you will feel lighter. Hold up. Are you ready to take your brand to another level? Maybe you might be thinking, brand, I don't have a brand. Oh yes, you do have a brand. And chances are, if you're listening to this right now, you also have a message that you are ready to get out into the world. Well, if that is you and you wanna take things to a whole nother level, when let's just face it, it's required in 2023, if you wanna stand out in a noisy market, then I wanna personally invite you to the It Factor Bootcamp Branding Edition. Now, this is not just any boot camp. What this is, is a couple days of you away from your crazy busy life. And we have curated two days of absolute brand integration. We are going to be helping you identify your brand message. We're going to be showing you how to create next level content, have a plan that matches whatever it is that you're selling and who you're selling it to. We're bringing in some of the best PR people in the world to teach you how to self-promote and then also how to stand out and to really create that halo effect, what I like to teach on. There's so many other details happening, but what this is is an intimate two days with myself and my partner, Jake. And I promise you, by the time you leave, you will feel equipped and totally ready to take your brand to another level. If this sounds like something you're interested in, then join me in Southern California towards the end of July. Send me an Instagram right now at It's Emily, I-T-S-E-M-I-L-Y. Send me the word bootcamp and I will send you all the details. But act fast because we are releasing this this week and we are limiting it to 50 spots so we can intimately work with you and also network. So if this is something you're into, go to my Instagram now and send me the word bootcamp. You talk a lot about this in the book about like keeping up with the Joneses. And I mean, it's the culture we live in, right? We're on social media a lot and all you see is people's highlight reels. And it's this manic, it can feel manic at times. And it, you, it takes one second and you forget how much you actually have because you're comparing to someone yourself to someone you'll never be. <laughs> and they're only showing you like a glimpse of the highlight of the cute curated thing. 
at their house or whatever. You can get me, right? And it's it's this fight and this battle, and that's why you have to always, I say, come back home. So this is what I always say to Jake when I, when I feel like off kilter. I'm like, I got to come back home. There's too much noise going on. There's like, I need that time by myself. And that's where the magic comes from. That's where your power comes from. What would you say to someone, though, that's like, I'm scared to go home? Because this is true. You and I have done work for a long time. But there's a lot of people out there that it's, it's just constant numbness. And then how do you find your purpose when you feel numb? What does that look like? You just take the first next step that feels good today. We can go, uh, you know, driving a 300 miles an hour car and stop overnight. We would crash or spin over and completely yeah. lose. How do we stop? How do we slow down one step at a time? So there's many moments where I'm caught up in the chaos of life. It's I'm just going to set an intention that today is not as crappy as it normally is. Maybe that's all you do. Yeah. Maybe all you do is drink a little bit of extra water. So there's a lot of practices that are not going to work for people. They're mm -hmm. like, I'm, that's, that doesn't work for me. Right. We have become detached from ourselves. And it's the saddest thing there is. We're worshiping and glorifying people out there who are, do not even have our best interests. Right, right. You and I both oh, know that very sure. well. Yeah, yeah. So I think that there's a lack of integrity at the leadership. And I think it hurts us. It's appealing to our lowest common denominator, our lowest desires. So if you're feeling numb and overwhelmed and just not okay, you just do the first next step. Mm -hmm. And I think slowing down can feel so disorienting because then what do I do? Who am I without the nose? I cannot not do. I know. What the heck, right? Yeah, straight up. So you have to just have to find a way to adjust along the way yeah. because it's, it's not a linear process mm -hmm. and it is not overnight, but it's the most important work that one can do. Mm. Oh, yeah. So, so good. I'm like, drop the mic. Let's go. Yeah. It, it, and it's, it's like bathing. We do it every day. Do you guys do that every day? Hopefully. Okay. And, and it's, we're dealing with, and this is constant, constant. And in the book, she talks a lot about the law of environment. And obviously we talked about the home, but how much does that go into effect with the people in your life, the friends in your life, the people that you're letting speak into you, right? That it's, it's major major. It's huge. And I think it's um, amplified by the fact that we're glued to our devices and we're following the people who are emanating that kind of energy. So if I follow you, I'm going to feel much better, right? Versus someone who is not making me feel uh, great. And I think I talk about this in the book. I think we all know when something doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. We just don't want to say it or admit it. Right. And very often, I think that we are running away from the thing that hurts us the most. I've mm -hmm. had friends who are just burying themselves in the next and all of that when really the real issue is that they're not happy in their marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I think focusing on all of those things, focusing on your home, come back home. And that can be as simple as brushing your feet. I hope everyone does it on a daily basis. And if you're doing it, connect that act of brushing your teeth every morning with an intention for your day. It's mm. as simple as that. Maybe that's the only thing you ever do. Extra points. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, extra you, you can imprint your toothpaste with love. You'd be like, okay, Yasna, you're really going out there right now. Yeah. It's, it's thermodynamics, baby. If you read the book, you'll understand every object that you have, you can imprint. So all of the books that you are getting today have been blessed by me. Every time I signed it, I blessed it. Right. And before that, I meditated and prayed. So that energy does transfer. That energy transfers through the podcast because Emily and I, we prayed before. We prayed before yeah. Right. And it wasn't give me something. It wasn't a prayer of petition. It was how may we be of service. So every object in your house goes back to creating your home, coming back home to yourself, but also to your space. Mm. You can imprint objects in your home. Say, okay, today, little flower, I'm just going to imprint it with peacefulness. And, and if you're in a good feeling, you are changing um, the, the deltopes of that flower which then when you come back home and you're not feeling that great, that flower is going to sustain you because that flower can still maintain that Im imprint, but we can't. So we have to work on cleaning up uh, that energy. And I think Emily being disciplined yeah. about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think of like discipline being a disciple because I truly think like yeah. I know this to be true you know, we're, we're meant to serve other people. And so we, but we must first take care of ourselves. And so I have a good relationship with discipline. I love discipline for all, for the right reasons. Right. And I think of that, like, let's fill me up, let's heal my dark places so I can serve another human, you know, and that's really what this life is all about. And that's where true fulfillment comes in. And there's a chapter on the book about purpose. And we had, you know, some prolific people in here just a couple hours ago that, you know, to societal standards, they're major, major uh, money players, major, we could, we talk about them for a minute, but like, I was pleasantly surprised that they come back to purpose and love and doing this for humanity versus self, you know? An interesting observation of everyone that I was talking to was that commonality of purpose, 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 forgiveness, love, love one another. So I was surprised because when I was talking to Governor Mark Dayton, I did not expect for him, A, to be that vulnerable, to talk about same all of the things. All of the things. Like, it's in that the book. he has never talked about. It was so beautiful. It was so moving. Yeah. And a deeply spiritual man, which I did not know, and he talks about his German shepherds, and he's, talk, he's talking about all these things. And I really wanted to tell him, like, there's, or ask him about this concept of polarization. We're hating on each other. Mm -hmm. Like, how do we, you know, in Yasna fashion, how do we love everyone, Mark? <laughs> and Mark's like, well, to love is tough. <laughs> but we can respect the humanity of everyone. And mm. here's a man who spent over 30 years in the public eye. And when I talked to him about like, well, what did you want to get out? I mean, he went against his entire family. He could have had a very easy, cushy life, but he was led by purpose, which was really beautiful. And that's how you persevere. And I think create a lasting change. And same with Brahm, who runs a billion dollar company. And, Lifetime, and some of you probably go there. CEO of Lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> and what was amazing, I walk into his office and I have 15 minutes. I'm like, okay, Asni, get all of your questions yeah. in 15 minutes. <laughs> get it in. Two hours later, we're still talking. 
And we were not talking about leadership or business. We were talking about love. I was talking love at a billionaire. And he's like, all you need is love. And you need, you know, past all of the money and all of the success and all the strivings. Like I went through that phase. It's nice to have it. Yeah. But then what? Who do you have in your life? Mm -hmm. And the sense of forgiveness. And he is really adamant about this. We are canceling each other. Mm. Doesn't matter what you identify with today. We should be loving one another because love is a boomerang. Yeah, that's right. Amen. Hate is a boomerang. Whatever we put out there, so this is the law. When I, when I learned this from my spiritual teacher, he said, let me put it in the simplest way. Whatever you say about someone else, you're saying about you. I was like, oh. Yeah. Never saying anything yeah. not nice ever right. again. And I still do. But I'm aware when yeah. I do. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, that was not nice. Yeah. We're going to do better next time. Yeah. And so I think that when you hear these things from, from, you know, you look at your purpose, you look at the lives that you're changing every single day. Mm -hmm. It is not about us. It is about why are you here? I don't believe that we're here to consume and move through life mm -hmm. just to get to some idea of retirement. Right. It is about how do you create an impact? Mm. You have to discover that you are just as capable mm. as Da Vinci, as Walter Russell. Walter Russell said, mediocrity is self-inflicted. Genius is self-bestowed. Oh. Gave me chills when I read oh, that. I'm like, what up. do you mean I anoint, my, I anoint myself as a genius? Like, you're damn right you do. Mm -hmm. And I think that so many of us right now are dumbing ourselves down with the, with, with, where we are consuming every single day. Mm -hmm. I beg of all of us, read a book that's going to lift you up a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. Watch a programming that's going to do that a little bit. Because remember, everything carries information. Oof. And we are the ones that we have been waiting for. Oh, so good. Everything you're saying is, it's, I, I, I'm getting bouncy. When I get bouncy, you know this stuff's getting good. When you're talking about purpose, and I, I really, I want to spend a minute on this because I think sometimes people think purpose is like, oh, I made it on TV. Yay, I'm successful. But the truth is there's purpose within all of us. And I think we're called in different avenues to, to shine our purpose. Like my sister is a damn good teacher and she impacts kids. She's right here. No. And it, you know, all my teachers, like, oh my gosh, I think of the teachers I had when I was raised in sometimes hardships. That's a huge mission field. And I think of my mother who's right here, who was, you know, had a, a hard upbringing and abuse and all that, but now she's mentoring other women and helping them get into the workforce. And I say this and I want want to edify both of them because sometimes I think in life we think purpose is like let's write a book that's a bestseller you know what I mean it's really just that it is um I think that the culture we live in something happened five years ago where I think we had just get a good job Make enough money for yourself. And then there was a shift five years ago. Whoops. There was a, a shift that said, now everyone's expected to be a millionaire and make it on Oprah's couch. Yes. That's what I mean. Overnight. Yes. And that's, first of all, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. 
Uh, B, there is an obsession with fame because it's so closely aligned with our sense of worthiness. Mm-hmm. It cannot come from that place. Unless you anoint yourself worthy here and today, when you get to that point, it will be absolutely empty. Mm, that's right. So what I discovered is that every time I wanted something and then I got to it, um, it was, it was, there was a letdown. I was like, oh my God, what now? Is I worked my whole is? life for it. <gasps> I know. What then? So I think the purpose is the daily thing. What am I aligned with? Do I love to paint? Do I love to love on people? Do I love to serve? Do I love to be in nature? And the purpose doesn't have to even align with the exact title or the job that we do. It's who are you being in this world? There's some people whose purpose is literally to be a light in this world. Mm -hmm. And they could be an engineer or a priest or a a cab driver. That's a purpose that's so much bigger than what we do. And I think we have to stop expecting that the next step when I arrive, it never, it never, it just doesn't get there. Mm. So a few years ago, I had the dream of being an Oprah about 15 years ago, because that's what you do when you're a coach. And I yeah. don't know. Yeah. It was like the next best thing. Yeah. People are like, what's well, like the peak? Right. That's, that like, will be it. And the funny thing is like, I actually don't even care because yeah. I would much rather be in my backyard with my bunnies. Yeah. And I love her, but I love who she is. I would love to pick produce with her in her garden. Right. But I think I'm learning that I've been on so many of these moments on TV, conferences, speaking. And every time, like, I just made it. And then it's like, there's like, oh, and you still go home to your clean sheets. (laughs) (laughs) At least they're clean. Right? (laughs) So even with this book, this was the book that I just had to write. Because these days, you don't write a book for it. Like, you want to do it for a platform? No, I'm good. I have that. You want to do it for money? I'm good. It was a passion project. I could not not do it. Mm -hmm. And I think when you read it, you really understand it is not my book. And I really mean this. It is our book. Because I think from the people who have shared, what you have shared has moved me to my core. And I don't know if you want to tell them a little bit about what you shared. But when when I spoke to you between her A-list celebrities interviews... We, we had this really big heart to heart, all tears, because I knew what was going on, but not, not all the details, mm-hmm. because no one knew. Right. And when I heard that, I felt affirmed, and I felt like the world needs to know, because you're one of the nicest, most inspiring, empowering people alive. And we all have to know that we're all going to have a dark night. We, um, we always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you... So she's like, do you want to be a part of the project? I'm like, I'll get on Zoom. Sure. It was just like a, it was, it wasn't just a sure. It was yes, because of who she is. I was like, yes, I will do anything for a woman that lives in integrity and service like you do. But little did I know, you know, she's asking me like, what is your, what's your darkest night? What's your darkest moment? Who's had a dark night? Anybody have a dark? Yeah. Okay. Thanks. I feel good. And, and I think no matter where you're at in life, when you go through something, a loss, a divorce, something tragic, right? Anything like it's, there's parts of us that are so shameful. We live in shame and it's like, you feel dirty. You feel unclean. You feel like, what will people think? You know, 
and you don't know who to trust. It's a big one. So when we did our interview, and I remember praying before, and I was like, God, let me be the vessel. Like, let me just, you know. And it's amazing when you do the work. And this is why I told the story in the book. And you'll all read it. It's in the chapter of prayer. Okay. But I went there with myself and with her because I'm on the other side of it. Right? That's why. And what I talk about and share is when I was going through, you know, my, my divorce and how I felt like just so alone and you want to do, sorry, it's heartbreaking. You feel, you feel all the beliefs, all the limiting, all of it, you know, but you can't say things certain it's whatever. We don't need to go there. Some of you know what I mean when I, when I say that, but I leaned in to the Holy Spirit. I leaned, I found another level of prayer and connection that I didn't even know existed. And it gave me, God gave me so much peace that a part of me that was never alive came alive. And a part of me that was never healed started to heal. And I share it because, you know, and it says in the Bible, it says in James, he opposes the proud and he gives grace to the humble. And I'm not too proud to share painful moments because at the end of the day, what this is about, and I believe like when we heal, we can heal other people, but we have to be bold enough to actually go through it, that pain, so we can live to tell on the other side of it and, and inspire another woman. And I told Yasna when the book was coming out, I was like, oh, I still had that moment of like, <gasps> and I was like, he opposes the proud. He, you know, it's just like, and, and it's just the truth. And I had just this, and this is, I share this because social media can be, it's a blessing and a curse. And I've really worked hard to be more transparent on there, but it's like, we all go through stuff. And I just want other people to like lean into whatever they've been avoiding, like I avoided. But that's why I shared it. And prayer is amazing. So try it if you haven't. <laughs> thank you for sharing. Yes. Yeah. It's for you. Oh, thank you, love. <laughs> you know, we just ball together. It's just how it goes. <laughs> we so, always, we always somehow end up crying. You I know. And I, what is happy tears? Or like, I just need it's so deep. I just know it's coming. It's just no matter what. I love it. What, what I, what I, uh, total side note, but it's like from the very first moment, we really never had moments for superficiality. It was like, never. girl, how you really Yeah. Feeling? It was like deep dot. And that's what you want. Honestly, I only want a few like that. And then otherwise I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, like, let's just, and, and and it does matter. Those it kind does. of connections really build us up. But I think the true testament to what Emily, when you read what she shared, is going to move you so profoundly. It moved me. And I'm so glad that you didn't, that you actually decided to share it because so many people have told me I've read the books like, oh my God, I adore her, love her. But I feel like she's untouchable and always strong. And I feel like horrible because I cannot simply be at that level because I'm suffering. Right. Like, oh, and when they read the stories, like I can be Emily. And I think, oh, that's a hashtag. Yeah. I can yeah. be Emily. Ooh. Yeah. 
write that one down. Okay. <laughs> it's a very powerful yeah. thing that that instead of going into the victim hole, you can find you oh. can find your power. But what you did is surrender. Surrender. Oof. And let God use you. Like that's what happens. That's what you did. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you again. read multiple times in the story about your dad when he came and got taken away and all I mean you guys will read it in the store in the book all the stuff and it's like when you lean in and you deal and you heal you you're you're compelled to share it yeah and I think that it's very important to note that this level of chaos and ambiguity that we're feeling in the world right now is not going away I'm Pollyanna all the way, but I think it's going to get worse before it gets better, Mm. politically and otherwise. So this is why, to me, it was a thing that needed to be shared with the world, because we owe it to ourselves Mm. to be ready for when the earthquakes of our lives arrive at our doorstep, and they will arrive. Whether it's divorce, or your child, or you lose a job, or an illness, I don't know what it is. There will be a dark night of the soul. It's coming. I guarantee you that. I'm very aligned, very happy right now. I'm no fool. Shit happens. It does. It so does. I have to, in the process, do the work. So when that comes, just like when the pandemic came, I'm like, why is everyone freaking out? Mm-hmm. I really felt ready and I felt so calm. I'm like, oh, this is nothing. I live for the world. Why are these people freaking out? Yeah. They're at home watching Netflix. Yeah, yeah. And ordering in. <laughs> All jokes inside. I know the severity of it, but I was like, are they kidding me? Yeah, yeah. The government is rolling out dollars like it's free candy. Are we living in the same world? Yeah. But I think it was a testament to the collective anxiousness that we're all feeling and we're all feeling it. So coming back home, coming back to purpose, mm-hmm. coming back to your faith, whatever that yeah. is. I don't care what it is. Yeah. Celebrate with the fairies in the forest. All I care. <laughs> you have to find your anchor. Mm-hmm. Jesus, Allah, whatever faith that, that you practice, you have to strengthen yourself you have to fortify yourself and you do that first and foremost by removing the noise yeah getting very real with yourself it's gonna get better it will be all wonderful and it will be eventually mm-hmm. but right now it sucks and it's okay to say that mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i i always put on the armor of god every day and i do the wpp so read the living word of god and let it speak to me i pray and then i praise to get my frequency up and to give thanks. And I feel like that has been like game changer. Let's try it. You know what I started doing? So when I'm alone and I'm in the, again, in the forest, there's going to be like Yasna in the forest. Yeah. I'm just imagining you like with this cute little forest outfit or nude or I don't know. Okay. never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I will sit on a bench. I love you. I will sit on a bench and I'm alone, especially when I'm going through something. Yeah. Uh, I, a full disclosure, three and a half weeks ago, I was like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. It was so stressful. There were like 350 books. They all came with an error Ugh. and I paid thousands of dollars and now I'm not going to have enough books for the launch. I'm like, I'm done. I'm not going to do this. <laughs> this is, I don't have to do this. Why am I doing it? So it's hard. So I went in the forest and I sat on the bench. I'm like, God, you and I. And by God, I mean love. So I was raised Muslim. 
mm-hmm. devout Muslim, like going to the mosque and all the whole thing. And now I'm in high heels and a mini dress. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> but to me, God is love. It is when I hug Morgan and I know that she loves me and I love her to me that there's yeah. God's presence. Yeah. It's the, the my children decorating my high heels with hot glue. True story. That is love. That so is it's those love. moments. So when I'm sitting here, I'm like, it's this. I'm creating space. Guide me. I don't know. This is hard. The hardest thing I've ever done. I don't know how to get through this. Guide me. Be with me. Walk with me. So I say that. But there's a beautiful prayer that Emily says at the beginning of every day that's in the book, and I really think you should all. I just recorded and listen yeah. to it. Yeah. Totally. It's beautiful. Thank you. Babe, what's your it factor? What do you think your it factor is? I love. Oh. Profoundly, I love people. And I think that what was so remarkable, very often people will say, you're awfully nice. What's your agenda? Uh Uh-huh. I'm like, really? I just love you. I like, <laughs> how can I be of service? No, 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 no. Like she's in like, everyone has an angle. Uh huh. I think who are my people here? They know I like, I don't have an angle. There's just no, there's like, like, I love, I just love. And I really, that has been a profound shift. Frankly, if you asked me the same question 10 years ago, it would not have been it. Yeah. And I think that I really love who I am. I love you. I love every single human that's here in the room. I bless you. I wish nothing but the best. Because I fully understand that we came from the same place and we're going to the same place. And that is love. Beautiful. Where can people find you? yasnaborza.com and I'm on Instagram quite a bit yeah she's coming back yeah Yeah. I have an amazing team and occasionally you'll see me frolicking in the forest (laughs) and where can they get the book? Amazon, uh, Barnes and Nobles, Target, Walmart, everywhere you get books, Uh, libraries we have a little delay so they're coming libraries next, next week but I'm really excited because of all of you. We hit the bestseller list in yeah. two categories and number one release in four. Awesome. So well, thank you for thank being you. here. I love you. Love you so much. Thank you for having me. Such an honor.